what is the what's the business? What do you guys do? Well, why don't we start with the name and explain what Pakira Pakira Inc. and what Pakira is? Uh, would you like me to describe the name of the company? Yes, the name. The name uh, Pakira is a sixty-foot-tall tree that, if remained in a one in a small container, can live its whole life only being one foot tall. And so at Pakira, we believe in unleashing potential and recognizing the constraints of the environment. And that's what we hope to bring to business, our employees and others and kind of unleashing the potential of those who are working with. Exactly. Yeah, but what's the, what's the, and what is the business that you're unleashing or not uh, unleashing? Yeah. And so Pakira is also in, in, in Japanese, it translates to uh, mm -hmm. the money tree, which mm -hmm. is the tree uh, of... Um, of, of, of prosperity, and that is what we intend to bring to the customers and the world. So, uh, in terms of what Pakira does, well, um, uh, everything in that, if we look around, everything that we live in, that we wear, that we eat, comes from physical commodities in the ground, like cotton and corn and iron, and um, those uh, those physical commodities comprise one quarter of all trade worldwide, $20 trillion. And yet today, the trading of all of these physical commodities throughout their entire business-to-business -business supply chain is conducted primarily over the phone. So we together founded Pakira to bring physical commodity trading into the 21st century by building an online trading platform, as you would think. And of course, why is it 2020 and we don't have one? That is the question. Wait a minute. Okay. So, but aren't there online trading platforms or is this a very focused That wasn't one? the question, David. She, thought, she said what the question was. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> she already asked um, the question. <laughs> well, I'm ignoring that. There are um, many, we're not many ready for that question. Trading platforms for all kinds of things under the planet. For example, financial instruments, as we know them, um, all the kinds of asset classes are online. If you want to trade stocks or bonds or commodity futures, which or are Bitcoin. financial instruments, all that is online. Now we're, we're talking about things, things. We're trading yeah. things. B2C, you think of Amazon. B2B, you think of Alibaba, et cetera, et cetera. Your medical um, office, anything, you name it, there's an online trading, a trading platform. Okay, so where do you fit in? We are now talking about physical commodities. Physical commodities are uh, what you bring from the ground and they're traded in truckloads, train cars, vessels, enormous quantities that um, are completely B2B and way before what you think of as retail, or let's say, oh, I want to get a few parts somewhere. This is pre all of that. Does it include pork bellies? So it's, so it's raw. It's raw ingredients. Always ask that. <laughs> it does include pork bellies, but the reason people think of pork bellies is because on the Chicago Commodities Exchange there is a uh, financial instrument that trades pork belly futures. Yeah, exactly. Almost never get mm -hmm. delivered. It's all speculative. Mm -hmm. We are talking about commodity trading on the ground, moving a ship load, you know, a whole vessel. Shitload. This is a family podcast. From, not this one. No, not, not anymore. Bang, from, say, Vancouver to Beijing. Yeah. And even though 
you and I can sit in Boston and New York and make the trade and shake hands, the, the product will move the, um, something from middle, from Canada to Vancouver or, or from uh, like, let's say Eastern Canada to Vancouver and then from Vancouver to Beijing and you and I are sitting right here, right? So, so there's a lot of complexity in that, uh, in that industry. And uh, as Andrew discovered when uh, he came across that whole commodity trading, maybe you want to hear Andrew's story. Well, before, well, we, do, before we do, I, I just want to see if I can really get this with all in all seriousness. So you've got a platform that's enabling raw materials and other commodities to be traded. Does that mean you're you're managing the money uh, or, or is it really like a stock market or an options trading market? We are we are managing. Uh, we are facilitating the buyers and sellers to a find each other. B, to negotiate, which is a very complex um, aspect. Then you want all kinds of banking and insurance services because um, these deals are hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in one transaction, and they get, de they get delivered over the course of months and they get paid over the course of three to six to nine months with payment terms and everything's insured and so on. Uh, so we enable we enable all that plus the underlying transportation. Now, mind you, we are a software company. We don't build uh, the transportation fleets. We don't. Uh, we're not a bank. We're not insurance. So we're partnering so, with all these services to provide yeah. to the customer in a in an all-in-one uh, solution. You're so a new age eBay for commodities, then. Sorry. What? What? You're a new age eBay for commodities, then. We like to call ourselves uh, for the financial industry uh, the Bloomberg Terminal for commodities trading. I was going to say you, you guys are enablers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, hope all, we we enable you to grow into your full potential. Well, that oh, was that, a political. That, mine was a political a, reference. That, oh. that, I, I know a commodity. That's a bucket of. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Mine was the political. Mine. My, my. You were not. I guess my point is, you're not political enablers. You're. You're enablers of business. Yeah. Okay. So, would you do uh, diamonds or no? They come out of the ground. Not we. It does fall into the Pakira uh, mission. However, it's not currently on our radar. We have um, identified a sequence of uh, vertical sectors that we will be addressing. And given Andrew's background, which he hasn't uh, told you about yet, but he will, we are starting with wood, in, uh, which is lumber in North America, so US and Canada, and then moving to pulp. And by the way, pulp, besides paper and absorbent products, it also uh, goes into textiles and PPE, very, very high commodity these days. Um, and then we're, we have scrap metal, uh, fruits and vegetables, grains. Um, or, this is all B2B. This is all B2B. Precisely. I mean, millions yeah. of dollars per transaction. Right. So it why does Alibaba not handle this? Great question. They deal partic They work a lot with parcels, uh, and you'll find that across the, the complexity of these transactions is a lot of what we're dealing with and what we're building into our platform. Um, and there, you need a certain degree of transparency that's kind of not built into that market. 
So, well, so Andrew, we've been teasing this for a while. What's your background? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, so my background is, we're going to take it all the way back. I studied finance, quantitative finance, and I stumbled into this commodities trading field because at the time I was studying quantitative finance and learning how these trades were happening over the millisecond. And I just took an interview at this one company and, and opened my eyes to the world of physical commodities trading, how it all happened over the phone and how people were making hundreds of calls a day to maybe close one order. Uh, and I saw all the pain and struggle they were working in. I said, this, I have to dive in. So that's when I dove in, learned that industry, got the experience there, worked specifically in the industry on uh, similar things. And then eventually uh, I said, I, you know, either someone else is gonna build this once I knew what had to be done, or I will. And so- Where were you based? Uh, Nashville, New Hampshire, of all places. There is uh, commodities training going on up there? You wouldn't believe it in a, yeah, some uh, nondescript buildings uh, uh, up three, there. Three, the, Andrew a $3 worked billion dollar company. $3 billion commodities trading company that specializes in lumber. Yes. Internationally, uh, but, but starting with North. What is the best known commodities trading company out there? Um, there aren't many because they're all behind. If you were to go by revenue, you'd think of commodities, physical commodities firms, you think of you know, your Glencores or your Cargill, um, say Cargill. Part of these companies. Yeah. So you, that's, that's kind of on some of the scale that some companies are working with. I was with the, uh, but I would, yeah. So Andrew is with one of the big trading companies in the U S again, there's, um, however, I would like to, uh, qualify or, or maybe, maybe, uh, adjust Dave's question a little bit Ooh. in the sense that it's not, not only, it is primarily the companies who are the producers, like let's talk, take the lumber industry, the sawmills or the manufacturers or the wholesaler uh, distributors or, um, or the retailer, then they're the ones that trade directly with each other. Only a fraction of the trades go through traders. So we're not just enabling the traders because that's a fraction of the industry. They are an important link in our supply chain. We are enabling everybody who buys and sells at the commodity level. And who's so who's going to be upset by you? Um, nobody. Nobody. Uh, <laughs> who's going to be upset is the low performers at most offices when their accounts can be given to the high performers because they can now service 10 times as many clients as before. So, so you're disrupting just like the, the dude that's at uh, Cargill, that's kind of there on the trading desk? No, uh, we are disrupting, uh, we are disrupting the companies, uh, the, the little small companies, most of them are mom and pop shops that are trading on the lack of real time information. And so they sell directories that they update of, of who's in the industry, a small subset of them that they update every year. They sell, there are some businesses that give you a week old or three day old spot prices for specific regions. They make a 10 calls and they write things down and then they fax you this information. So it's, it's incredible to think, but this is what happens in 
2018, 2019, 2020, it happens today. And so we, when we bring all that online real time, these, these kind of information trading businesses will go away or they can partner with us and do real research through the real time data. <laughs> Is there money in arbitrage um, to the extent I understand that? Um, and are you eliminating it? Uh, more of the information arbitrage. Not, not necessarily. Um, we're not necessarily eliminating it. It's these companies that if you were to find out what the price of, we were talking about lumber. Or bellies. Yeah, you want to find an actual truckload, an actual rail car of pork bellies delivered boat into you. Boatload uh, of pork bellies. A, a boatload of pork bellies delivered into you. There is no way to find out what the best price delivered into you is. Uh, there's no way to really find out what what would be competitive. Like if I gave you an offer for three hundred dollars today, is that is that good? Is that bad? Is that better than yesterday? Is that right. worse than yesterday? And so that's where we're coming in. We're coming in to offer more. Uh, timely information. We're offering. So wait a minute. Let me understand this. And, so say there's a pork, say there's a boat boatload of pork bellies in Wuhan that would get shipped to Beijing at a certain price, and there's a trader in Beijing. So this is the arbitrage thing, isn't it? Where the trader in Beijing has knowledge of Wuhan's pricing and Chicago pricing, and takes advantage of the differential to make a buck as in a middleman. Now, aren't you enabling the uh, pork? belly maker, which I guess is a pork farm or a pig farm, that would be a pig the farmer in Wuhan to go straight to Chicago and you're eliminating the Beijing uh, leg of that trip? So they're not going the Beijing belly. Chicago. They're not going straight to Chicago. I think we're confounding here, again, the financial <laughs> instrument, which is a contract on pork bellies uh, that gets traded on the Chicago uh, Commodities Exchange versus the actual delivery from Wuhan to wherever uh, they're trying to sell it to um, that actually goes on the ground uh, with transportation through various points, changes from trucks to vessels, etc. So that is what we are enabling. We're not touching the financial instruments. I get that. I didn't mean to imply that, but there are a lot of middlemen along and middle women along the way that get the pork belly from Wuhan. There are, trade, there are intermediate level traders who yeah. are being eliminated. They are actually participants in our supply chain. So, so one thing we, we started saying, this is trading the physical commodities from the ground. We're actually enabling the entire supply chain. Like, like I said, from uh, the, the producers from the ground, whether they're agriculture, you know, livestock, uh, mining, logging, whatever, uh, to the next, next level, which is usually mills, um, to the next level, which is manufacturers. Well, why do you need all that? Well, oh, wait, oh, wait a minute. So you're talking about this is how the supply chain works. And right now, uh, like with with COVID-19, I think the supply chain has become a household term. Everybody yeah. knows supply chains are, are, are bad. They're weak. They're disrupted. They're very fragile. We can't get this. These people are have lots and lots of businesses went bankrupt, whereas in the same people who need those products can't get them and so on. Why? there is no real-time trading. There's no real-time information. So maybe I'm missing something here, but I'm going to persist. Um, so am I correct that you could get pork bellies from Wuhan to Chicago? Who is you? Yeah. Am I correct that there are pork bellies that move in quantity from Wuhan? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. And, the, and they, go th they go to Chicago so people can write books like The Jungle Book or whatever that was called. Remember that thing by, what was that book? It was called The Jungle Book, wasn't it? 
I, I wouldn't know. I haven't read that particular book. Whatever uh, it's called. It's the one about the, the 1930s book about the, the factories in Chicago, and the guy saw the people's fingers getting cut off, and he wrote about it. And then everyone realized that's why you don't want to see them making sausage. That's where that came from. Maybe I heard the reference in an Al Capone movie or so. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so getting back, we know that we know that pork bellies move as commodity en masse from Wuhan or somewhere in China to Chicago. And undoubtedly there are there is value add along the way, probably not by the transport, but by the person who takes the, the live little piggy and guts it and turns it into a hanging carcass. But after it turns into a hanging carcass that's frozen, it pretty much just moves, right? And yeah. I'm assuming in the current state can we, of can affairs, we find a Can we find a different set of analogies? As a lifelong well, vegetarian, I'm, I'm about to lose my lunch. <laughs> okay. So while the hey, little— David, now that I've intentionally interrupted you with my, with my uh, pitiful plea, they're a software platform. This have, forget about pigs and bellies and Why? carcasses. So that's the, uh, the, the, but the reason this business is going to work, as I understand it, and I want to be corrected when I'm wrong, is because once Nobody the value has that add much time in life, uh, once the value add is done, for example, the, the people who um, got the little piggies and turned oh, them yeah. into carcasses, the people who do those add value. But there's a lot of people on the, along the hey, get this along the food chain, like that along the food chain. Good. There's a lot of people along chain who are simply intermediaries who ship the who don't add much value other than to um for example get uh, carcasses from hey, a lot hey, of different you're, farms you're, you're, in you're getting you're getting lost but she's enabling their business is getting rid of all those intermediary non-value added uh players I, no i i think you didn't get it why not i think oh. let me try let me try this really quickly oh, and then you no. can correct us both get closer you're, to your mic no no, no. It, it's either your eBay, your Uber, you're matching buyers and sellers, and you've got this website or no. this platform. They, hang no. on, hang on. I let you go through the bellies. You've got this <laughs> this this platform that that provides the pricing and and allows people to make these trades, which to me is no different than Uber matching a passenger and that driver. That doesn't help me. Keep going. What happened to the am intermediary I, guy? Right or am I wrong? Uh, well, if if I might. I think you're you're um, not giving some credit where credit's due for value. So we have to define value add. You said non-value add. There are many ways in which every player in the market adds value. Today, it's a very competitive marketplace even without our platform. If you're not adding actual value in the marketplace today, you're gone. You don't exist. No, that's uh, not true. There, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Some arbitrage opportunities where, yeah, maybe if we want any added efficiencies coming in, we, those people might be in trouble because they're not adding any value. But the middlemen and saying middlemen in general don't add value isn't true because there's wholesale well, How value. about Ocean Spray? Do you, let's talk about cranberries. Mark likes cranberries because they're vegetarian. Yeah. Okay. So as I understand it, Ocean Spray is really an farmer's collective. It's a collective of farmers. So the individual farmer could probably sell me cranberries. But it's not efficient right now. So what the individual farmer does is he works with the Ocean Spray Collective and they bag them up in those nice little bags of raw cranberries. And then they make a deal with, with uh, the major grocery chains. I can walk in on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with my mask on and buy the little bag as opposed to dealing with a farmer. Yeah. Right? So we help, we help all you, – you skipped a couple steps, but that's okay. Um, so as Andrew was, uh, was uh, stating – Trying to say – 
Every no, um, he was I, I he, he was actually stating that uh, at every point where where uh, the product goes through, they there is a value add that happens. That value add may be in production, manufacturing, some some kind of um, uh, some kind of processing. It may be in wholesaling because. You're you're uh, you're a distributor that allows, let's say, the grocery chain to have a whole variety of choices rather than going to 20 places. You're offering it all, right? So that's the wholesaling uh, adding value. The traders that they add another value in the sense that uh, traders are reputable companies and they can ensure the reputation of the source where it's coming. And if you're doing it. Uh, directly at any point in the supply chain, that's fine. If you know somebody who you've been trading for with for 20 years, that's great. But when you get stuck and the supply chain gets disrupted, how am I going to know that Mark Thurman is not going to stand me up for a million dollars? I mean, it's like he seems nice and everything, but you would be surprised how often fraud happens given the, the lack of transparency, given the size of the deals, Given how long things take, and given um, these these like the world is so interconnected, so there all of these problems are the problems that we are trying to solve. Well, going back to the little piggy example, oh. um, will that will all the same players be involved in the food chain or in the supply chain from Wuhan yeah. to Chicago yeah. so using are, your system? So we're absolutely absolutely enabling traders like Andrew. <laughs> Instead of making a hundred calls a day, he'll just be sitting on um, on our Pakira terminal, right? Think Bloomberg terminal, and communicate with a bunch of people at the same time. Make the deals through smart contracts and other like in, um, other um, value adds using technology, and also have guarantees. Be able to to use insurance. Be able to do the escrow through banks. Be able to contract with transportation services through other. Um, through through um, other service providers for us, like uh, the uh, digital freight services and so on. So it's an all-in-one solution. That's why when Mark was comparing it to Uber or whatever, think those guys are primarily B2C. One, we're B2B, and two, think of the Bloomberg terminal. It's an all-in-one solution um, for everything that you may need to make a trade. Yeah, but they're, are they, they're just, I don't think Bloomberg's facilitating trades they're just uh, uh, collecting news and collecting pricing information and presenting it as the then current status of the whatever the, the 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 asset is but it sounds like what you're saying is that you are involved in all in all parts of the supply chain which will beg the question of how do you make money because if you're not doing the arbitrage you're either charging a platform fee or a monthly fee, or you're getting a percentage of of something that occurs on on your platform. So yeah. Yeah. maybe so that maybe all, maybe that'll help define the platform better if we know how you make money. Yeah. So all of, all of the above, but but very gradually. And the first, as we go back to Andrew's point, we have to provide value. The customers need to realize that there's value and it's sticky and that's where they want to remain rather than going back to the hundred uh, phone calls a day. And when they remain there, they will uh, define the pricing for us, if you will. So wait a minute. So let's go back to the, okay, so let me ask a question. I'm going, I'm still... 
Pardon? Pork bellies again, David? Oh, always, always, oh. always. So I'm so I've just opened a new meat packing plant in Chicago. Why is it always <laughs> meat? How about how, how about lumber? A lumber processing plant. plant. Oh, I like that graphic because you've got an, Andrew had an idea. Hold on, Andrew. What did you say? Oh, I was asking you, how can I help? Oh, okay. So now I'm a. I just opened a new meat packing plant. Yeah, I out realized of this podcast. That that's how you can help. In order to pack meat, I actually need meat. So I need like carcasses. Oh. And so I log yeah. into my Bloomberg terminal, which is your your terminal. I log into the terminal. The Bakira, find, Bakira oh, terminal. The Bakira terminal. Okay, I log into the Bakira terminal, and I say, okay, I see. I need a carcass. I need a that. A, 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 I need a truckload of carcasses that are frozen um, of pork having this qualities. So I can find out the next man down, uh, company down in the food chain, so to speak, and get, and I can find, there's turned out to be five of them. And instead of spending all day on the phone finding a company that can ship me a truckload of carcasses, which I could do, right? That's what the whole point of this is. Couldn't I say, screw this. I bet if I ordered the damn things, um, the little piggies live, from, uh, where is it, from Wuhan, I would be in much better shape. So could I actually sort of bypass all the intermediate levels of food chain and order the little piggies live? And well, would you guys? Well, go ahead. You, you can, however, that's not what you do for a living. You don't <laughs> want, you are set up to get the carcasses, to process them into some can and then, or, or some other- Spam. Chosen meat. Also a vegetarian, so excuse her. It's all right. Okay, but taking it back, could I go instead and find? Okay, so I'm getting, I'm getting it. Well, so I wouldn't go on log into the uh, Bakira terminal and go all the way to, to Wuhan farmers. I might actually find suppliers in Beijing who could ship the, who would say, "Oh, I got talk about truckloads. I got like factory fulls of these damn carcasses." And yeah. instead of going through all the middlemen. If you want me to send your truckload, just make an order for a hundred of them, and Bakira, in all of its magic, will get the stuff transported over to you. Not quite. Less magic, but not 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 quite. So so again, let us let us restate the supply chain. We are not changing it. The supply chain exists. It's but a you could. It's a physical supply chain. It exists for a reason because because every link in the supply chain from the source, the cows that are being grazed, will go with your analogy, um, with, with your, your meat, meat and dairy, right? So there's different sectors. You chose meat and dairy. We can choose meat and dairy. That's fine. So from the cows to pork. the to, pork. The, 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 the pigs to the slaughterhouse, right? That's the processing plant. Um, a primary processing plant. Then they, the carcasses go to uh, another secondary processing plant, and then they go, depending on whether they go to commercial or they, they do more processing to some packaging, and then they go to commercial or uh, retail distribution. From commercial or retail distribution, then they go to the retail or commercial. Um, I get it. That's the current way it works. And this will always work that way because every link in the supply chain has its own business and it's a manufacturing hands-on physical business and it has machines and skills and people and that is what they do. So what would happen if given the power of a computer, some 10 year old- Asking, can we just do, can we take yes. one supply chain and vertically integrate it? Yeah. Some companies do that. But that's a whole different business, and they can participate in our in in our um, 
Bakira platform as well. But but it's not it's not changing and saying, hey, you two thousand little guys, uh, go up and vertically integrate with your friends. I mean, that's a whole different question. It's 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 uh, completely orthogonal to us enabling these two thousand little guys plus the the three hundred big guys plus the five primary you know big players in that uh, supply chain to interoperate and trade with each other. That is what we are enabling. Mm -hmm. It is a okay. very complex business. And therefore, unlike Alibaba, um, Mark, or you're asking Alibaba that you go and search for, um, you know, the iPad cover or, or the iPhone X uh, uh, screw or whatever. And I want a hundred of these because I'm doing a little, little teenage production plant in my, in my house or something, right? Unlike that, you have to a be part of an industry you have to be reputable in that industry so so the pakira platform is not for everybody in uh, these uh, physical commodities it is per sector so if you're doing meat like and dairy cradle. you have to go mm -hmm. to meat and dairy like the first the first platform we're enabling is lumber you have to be lumber and if you go log in first of all you're going to claim your your um profile which you will always already have your company magically because we make magic That's and magic. and the employees and who, what you trade and all these things about the company you're going to find yourself there it's public information but nobody has it um, but we do and you're going to claim your platform and the work before and you're going to say i'd like to register we're going to say great we're going to take 24 to 48 hours to vet you and if you get approved you become a vetted um, customer of the platform. So everyone, Mark, you're going to be dealing with is A, going to be in lumber, B, is going to be vetted, nothing is all is ever 100%, but then the customers are going to rate you. We made this deal, Mark sucked. He <laughs> get, he brought the, 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 sorry, David, David sucked. I mean, I tell <laughs> okay. you, I'm all about pork bellies. Well, was great and yeah. the product was Thank right you. at the time but david delivered the damn pork bellies like so we play so, so you're so you're now adding uh, the yelp sort of uh absolutely. feedback loop absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely which is and extremely difficult to do in b2b but because we are initially vetting the businesses and they have to already be in our system in order to get in that is one level of assurance, one level of insurance that people pay for that they're de not dealing with a fraudster. So we get we get to your revenue model. Uh, your model sounds like uh, if I join, I'm joining and paying you something to be listed or be on your platform. Are you also getting as part of your model a percentage of the of the trade? Not not right now. So, so first. It's just Subscription subscription platform to be listed. Yeah. So you're like, uh, what were those big books? Thompson, I think, and a few others had these big registers in, in different vendor areas. Are you sort of in that world? So you, I feel you like got, this. I feel like however, yeah. the big transition. Like speaking of the revenue model, is the reason these supply chains uh, are so uh, fragile and because they are static. Things change, like COVID-19 happened, like like uh, all the commercial um, food um, venues closed, 
And um, yet all these distributors and producers were delivering to them. They went out of business. They have a ton of product. They were just throwing it out and putting it in landfills. But meanwhile, the supermarket demand has gone 2x because, you, you know, we're still, people are still eating and they can't find enough suppliers to supply this. Why? It's lack of information. So, so what we are going to be, um, uh, our revenue model is data, real-time data, and you can subscribe to it, you know, the, the current real-time stock prices at a very rudimentary level. But if you want to drill down for your region, drill down for a sub-product and so on, then mm -hmm. that will be tiered subscription levels. And Got the, it. the biggest consumers and payers for data in the world are the financial industry, which right. need it in order uh, to do all these speculative, um, do all these speculative um, financial instruments like the pork belly contracts. Mm -hmm. So Andrew was telling me how they would hang out in the on the trading floor and they'd have the Chicago, uh, you know, various lumber contracts on the uh, screen. And they'd be laughing yeah. that they're a week behind what's happening on the ground. Okay, so we will be bridging that gap with this. Let me, I'm still this, struggling. I, I sort of got the model now. Because so you're, you're over you're overthinking it. I no, think no, it, no, no. I, I think it's a software platform that enables no, trades no, information. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but that's a light <laughs> that's a sort of light dismissive analysis of it. Just to nail I this down. It was respectful. What you're providing <laughs> is rather than I can get all the information that you're giving me, that is at each at each step along the food chain for my pork belly. You cannot. You have to make a hundred phone calls. No, that's my point. I could get that information. So I have to decide the following. So I'm setting up a shop in New Hampshire where I'm going to do either lumber or pork bellies, um, and I'm going to focus just on those. And I can either, together? I guess it's, uh, I guess it really doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, so I say I'll be back in Chicago, and I've got my uh, meat processing plant. And I'm not going to go straight back to Wuhan. I'm going to, I know that I know my place in the food chain, and I know that I really need to follow the, I need to, what is it, toe the line? So I will do that. Um, but now I can and now I have a choice. Do I hire 20 people to make 400 calls a day so I can get the who has the, the, the truckload of pork bellies that are ready shipped to me at the right price? I can do that. I can pay those people, uh, 20 people making 200 calls a day. Or I can invest with you folks and I can hire one person to run the terminal. Can we say bingo, high five? Yeah. Hey, there we go. So now I got that. And now in addition to that, you're, so you vetted everybody. You're therefore willing to um, to ensure the deal, and more. Moreover, David, you can do it on both sides. Almost everybody in the B two B commodity supply chain buys and sells. So you want you want you want you have purchasers that are buying from Wuhan or wherever, but you also have your salespeople that are now selling it also in in the commodity uh, wholesale quantities. Right? We we are. The whole supply chain is ours, except for retail. Retail buys in wholesale, but then sells to consumer, and that we don't care about. Okay, so am I correct that the that the the win for the, I think the win is I'll argue that that the information could be available to me when I open my little factory as long as I hire twenty people who are willing to make two hundred calls a day. I can get the same information within reason, and well, that's going to cost me. 
are going to get the same information, but you will be able to conduct your business with the 20 purchasers and the 20 salespeople. Correct. Yes. So I can use you folks instead. So then I guess the question is, how do, when I go, when you make your pitch to me as I open my new little meat processing plant, what's your pitch to me? Look, we will, sure, we're a pricey service and we add a lot. Not only do we get all this information for you, we'll ensure the transactions. That's what we're in the business for. And sure, you're going to end up paying X dollars a truckload extra to, to get that information both on the incoming side, the Gazinder Gazouter side. But it turns out if you hired the people to do that, it would cost you even more. So how do you make that particular pitch? So we make the pitch in two ways. Number The baseline pitch is you get access to real-time information. It's real-time. It's not like, oh, I reached this person and that's the last thing that he did and whatever. It's real-time because there's thousands of people trading and we are we have AI and the software platform and you can just average for spot prices and so on. So A, real-time information. B, you have insurance that we will be you can you can subscribe to predictive um you, you to to predictive pricing and predictive supply and demand because we're an ai company that will um that will predict a lot faster than watching it happen on the ground something like covid 19. not because we're geniuses but if we know that everything already closed in california and we're sitting here and still um still making deals on the east coast to bring the same amount of uh, um, of supplies to the commercial venues from distribution there is something wrong right what's but the closest thing to this if you step away from i don't like the uber analogies i don't like any of those analogies because they don't really address what you do it's hard to believe there's not something like this in some space they keep saying um, it. it's called bloomberg no but bloomberg doesn't allow the buy sell bloomberg is an information terminal yeah, so clearly, I mean, you know, if we told you there's no competition, then we should we should just go back and uh, maybe we should we'd be uh, eligible to join uh, Mark's uh, various bands instead. Um, but I need I need a, a tambourine player. No, I no, I'm just trying to get <laughs> no, the analogy for Mark. So we This is a, the elephant in the room. It's a huge problem. It's a 20 trillion dollar problem. It's hard to hide. We're not we didn't just stumble upon it. So clearly Everyone and their brother are trying to solve it. There is a there are a bunch of failed, uh, defunct platforms that did not succeed. Um, there are a bunch of new ones that have raised money. Some ones that are bootstrapping in different sectors. Um, some in the U.S., some are around the world. They each are trying their uh, trying their ideas or, or, or trying their strategies on how to make it click, how to convince the customers that this is it, this is where where it will work because everyone is skeptical. And um, we how have, do you succeed with that? Yeah, so we have two aspects. One is the transactional. We have a vision of of a um, three dimensional vision, if you will. Uh, that all has to uh, all has to come together in order for this to work. One is the transactional aspect, which is everybody is thinking about, and we're making this transactional aspect all in one. So we're partnering with a lot of these services that we don't have to stand up from scratch because they already exist and they're great. Like digital freight, you can we, all we need is an API from digital freight that will know that the the transportation will happen. They take care of it. All we do is 
is uh, bring up uh, and fold that piece of the price into, into the quotes, right? Um, so there's a the transactional aspect. Then there's the community aspect, and that's the vetting part. And that's people feel that they are in their community. This is the, these are the other people from all over that are like-minded. They trade together. They do things together, even though they they um, um, it's uh, money exchanges hands. But that's the community. It's kind of like a conference for the sector where they can interact and easily chat and easily exchange information. So that's the second part. And the third part is the data, right? So we have this three-dimensional um, stool, if you will, to make Pakira successful. And most people are barely thinking about the transactional piece. And the first thing they think about is, all right, if you're going to sell, you pay $40. If you're going to buy, you pay $80. And see, they go and say, see, we have some money collected. We have 10 transactions done. We think it's a little bit, uh, we're a little more far-sighted than that um, in in this all-in-one approach. So okay, that's so what's the benefit? So as, I, as I'm still struggling through with analogies, let's say you're similar at, at the level of a given transaction. Um, that is, I want to buy for my new Chicago meatpacking plant, meat processing plant. I want to buy that truckload of carcasses. So... Um, I'll argue that when I log in, you sort of look to me a little eBay-ish, I assume, or do I not really put a, even a, do I not even need to do searching because the AI says to me, hey, we noticed you logged in, you used to buy this, this crap, here's some more of it for you? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So here, so bottom line is, but that, I could theoretically do the search. Um, I, could, I could log in to say, who in the next link downstream from me in the food chain um, has truckloads of pork, right. me, and I can see what the price is. You could do everything manually that I think is described along the food chain, along the supply chain. This, again, seems to be a means to facilitate, hang on, sharing of information, sharing of, you know, linking buyers and sellers and and the folks that love eBay them. does that. eBay does that. eBay, well, no, I'm not trying to diminish this. The question is, is this eBay, have you extended eBay from being just at that sort of last mile, uh, which is C to uh, B to C, you've extended it, number one, it's B to B. It's not just the last mile. You're doing it at every mile along the, the route. And therefore, you have information from Wuhan, where the farmer farmed the little piggy, um, that may help um, predictively in that final chain between um, Detroit and... Uh, you know, when the stuff gets shipped in overseas. I think you're and, torturing um, yourself with, the, with, the, with this piggy analogy, and it's, that's why you're confounded. But no, but is that, no, is that true? That, you're absolutely is, right, David, except let's not forget yeah, why. Never, never say that again. Yeah, yeah that's right. Never, never yeah, you'll, you'll never hear the end of this. Again. And I, Mark owes me three will, meals from that. Three will, meals, all piggy. I will live to regret it. There's yeah. not a part. Let's not forget why eBay hasn't extended itself to do yes. all that. Yes, great question. Yeah, and so we go back to the fact that there is an enormous qualitative difference between these, what, what, what Andrew said, parcels, yeah. and this is what Alibaba does too, and wholesale commodities trading. That's the, the key word is wholesale. The transportation, Why? the insurance, the, 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 um, uh, the, the locations from which it should come. Um, the um, eBay does all that. eBay the theoretically will ensure. No, but, 
But no, he, eBay doesn't serve the wholesale market. eBay, I know, I know, I they know wholesale they that Nadia said is the, the key word. The 30-page contract of payment uh, terms, yes. bill of lading. Agreed. Insurance, escrows, payment terms, clearance, transportation, $3 million, $4 million deals. You're not going to click on eBay and say, yeah, go ahead, 100K. I'm buying this. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. So, okay. Orders of magnitude higher. Therefore, retail is great. And these, like, even if I'm ordering 100 chips of, uh, you, you know, for a computer, um, something that I'm assembling is fine. From the new Raspberry company. As yeah. soon, exactly. As soon as you get into into um, physical commodities, it's a completely different Okay, model. so the Here's answer the is... other thing, David, that yep. may help. So wholesale was the keyword that I unlocked the code for me. It, with, no. eBay, with eBay, it's occasional buyers and occasional sellers. They may not, not ever transact together ever again. In this case, hang on, in this case, these are buyers and sellers that transact together with great frequency. So right. theoretically, eBay could yes. have done this, exactly. but what they really players in the I want to hear you industry. say Mark is right. Mark oh, no, you have to say Mark. What a genius. Absolutely right. <laughs> Established players in the industry. And if you come across Nadia, who you've never transacted with before, but she has good reviews from other established players who, who she has transacted with and delivered on time and paid on time or even early, it's like gives you much more confidence than wondering who the hell is this Nadia over the other side. So can you make use of the fact is let's say that out of one of these, um, like I'm keep going back to Wuhan, but let's say that there's a hint <laughs> that one of the batches of little piggies might have been near a little batch of bats or whatever coronavirus comes from, do you track that information through? So you could say to me when I'm back at my meat processing plant in Chicago, that I, I look and I say, oh, this is great. I could theoretically get a truck of carcasses in from uh, these five suppliers in Detroit and St. Louis. But Nadia and Andrew have told me that this one came from Wuhan's bat-infected batch. Will you track that information through? Yes, it's not in our MVP zero, but we will. Um, so, you know, David, hundreds of thousands of people die from illegal mining every year. More yep. than half of the lumber that we use in the U.S. comes oh, from illegal logging. Oh, I like it. And this is great. More, more than one third of all food worldwide goes to landfill. Is, is wasted and goes to landfill, further exacerbating our environmental spiral. And the culprit of all these magna ills is the lack of data for physical commodities. Wait a minute, and how did you fix that last then? I, I, I followed the... I, mining, we, sorry. If, if we're a centralized platform. If the whole supply chain is traded through all the links in our platform, we can track the source. Oh, but how did you handle... No, no, I, I was totally with you on the source for the... Uh, the uh, blood diamonds or the blood lumber, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I get that. Um, <laughs> I, didn't follow, I didn't follow you on how you track that Mark every week throws away a third of the stuff he buys at the grocery store. I cannot track Mark, but I can. Uh, we can prevent the fact that with COVID-19, 
all those all those restaurants went out of business and uh, or closed down. Uh, you no longer use the lunch and uh, the lunch cafeteria in your company, etc. And all these distributors and all these producers that were distributing to commercial went out of business and threw food into with COVID-19. It's now no longer one third of the food that's going to landfill, two thirds, two thirds. Oh. It took two months for the supply chains get to, it. Get to, it. to get somebody else get it. Uh, to, to, to uh, um, send their produce to. So this and is a genius idea, and it's obvious why you won the MIT Enterprise Forum program that got you this fine podcast. Startup Spotlight. Startup Spotlight. <laughs> that, okay, but how are the two of you gonna pull off this massive effort? Oh, are you going to say great question? I get great question, don't I? Because Marco's me another meal. Great question. Another meal. I mean, the greatest thing about it is that we're figuring it out. You know, it starts with with meeting the founders, the founders meeting and, and kind of, you know, deciding to go ahead with this, to kind of throw in the towel and say, okay, we'll do it. And uh, and then it's all it's all throwing in a towel is not a good analogy at, at, at the beginning of a startup. <laughs> well, that, just saying, it's a big problem, and that's why this is a big opportunity. Uh, uh, not throwing in the towel. That means you've ended it. Uh, they're throwing their hat in the ring. They're throwing their, their hat in the ring. Rather in the ring. And and she's going to regret this 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 hour of her life. We'll never let you forget. No. I'm done. I okay. Another thing in mind for throwing in the towel, but that's all right. I will explain off the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a story here. Um, well, okay. So, but how are you doing with just two of you? Um, well, for example, Mark so, programs. So he can help you. We are Andrew and I are the founders, and we're full time. Over the course of oh, for the summer, like just this summer in 2020, we have 10. Um, core Pakira team members that are working um, yeah. most of the time, and we have 11 in-